Ladies, welcome to the Walking in Hills podcast, where we have emotional authenticity and love for self. I am your host, Kim White, and in today's episode, we will be talking to Grace Ifani Chuku about code switching. Okay, it's something that we've all done. I do it all the time. Hell, Barack Obama has done it on a public stage. This has been our way, especially for Black and Indigenous people, it's been our way of survival. Um, in a world that obviously marginalizes anything that is not close to white centeredness. And so today um, we're gonna be talking with Grace because I read an article or a blog that she posted about professionalism. And I believe it was titled on professionalism, um, how is it serving you? Yeah. I had just come off of having a conversation with a friend about this, and she was saying that because an interviewer used Black colloquialisms in her interview while interviewing Black people, that she was quote-unquote unprofessional. And so it was a conversation that I thought we definitely need to have. I feel like people are having more of this conversation um, nowadays. And I want to invite you, the listeners, to pull from this conversation and start having more of these discussions in your personal circles so that we can all identify how we're code switching, if we're code switching, if it's working for us, and if there are more conscious ways to do it. Before I intro, before I let Grace say hello to y'all. Let me go ahead and introduce my sister and edify her, okay? Grace identifies as an empath, healer, large and small business systems enthusiast, and liberation activist. She is the founder and culture creator of Liberate Forward, which supports the anti-racist, anti-oppressive development of Black, Indigenous, and people of color-led businesses, and is founding member of a Houston-based cooperative addressing racial and economic injustice in Houston's Third Ward. Her background spans from education and social-emotional intelligence development to business operations and public policy. All of her passions are rooted in the vision and aspiration for fuller and more liberated humanity. And yes, um, she is just dope all around. So if you ever have a chance to meet Grace, definitely you are in luck. And today, I think I was able to bring this luck to the podcast. Grace, hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor to be in this space and to have this conversation with you. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. So I'm going to hop right in. Um, I am trying to keep these podcasts closer to 30 minutes. Oh, we go over, we go over, let the spirit lead. But I want to dive right in. Is that okay, Grace? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it. Do it. Okay. So recently I came across your article um, on professionalism. How is it serving you? And you had spoken about how growing up in adolescence that you, like many of us, saw these, you know, ways of being professionals with the suitcase and the tie and all of this stuff. Um, it was something that you aspired to be. But at a certain point, you realized that in order for a person to be quote unquote professional, that it required um, a, some, some bit of erasure, right, of who you were for the sake of 
false protection. So tell me about what, what sparked this, um, this belief, this understanding and knowing, and a little bit about your experience with this culture of code switching. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like, I think when I was um, in the article, I say somewhere between seven and 10 years old, um, like I was just really, you know, into this idea of like what was shown to me on media, in the media, right? Of like someone, I think in New York or whatever, just like holding their little briefcase and in a power suit and making things happen, bossing people around and, you know, just like that energy at that time felt very attractive, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, I want to do that. And then like, you know, I was good at playing games. And I was like, yeah, it seems like they have a lot of games and like rules. And like, I would be really good at that. Um, and so that felt attractive at that point. And then, you know, as I started to get older, I started to question, I think, things a lot more. I started to get curious about like, the why behind, well, first of all, like, why is that attractive to me, right? Like, what is attractive about um, that look? What is attractive about that sense of power, right? And then how does the, how does that relate to the people who um, are in relationship to that person or that image? And then that kind of led me to start thinking about um, the inequities of how people kind of just, you know, utilize their power, right? And so from there, it started kind of unraveling these questions around like, what is that image supposed to um, equate to? Why do we show up in certain ways in certain environments? And then how do we, how do we kind of um, mask ourselves in order to fit that image, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, at a very young age, I was like, well, I want to, you know, have the image or like do the thing, like, but I also don't want to sell my soul, <laughs> you know? Yes. I, I also would like to authentically be me. And I don't know if that's me. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's actually who I want to be in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so that started to, you know, create kind of an inward crisis for me in terms of understanding or a specific type of way of being in the world and that um, internally that or thinking internally that my authentic way of being might not be accepted um, if I wanted to pursue being a specific way of the world. Um, and so I think early on, like we get all of this messaging, all of this socialization around um, what it means to be a working professional, what it means to be, um, to engage in this idea of professionalism. And then um, a lot of that is related to um, how we approach different groups, how we show up in different groups. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that entails code switching, especially for Black women, right? And so the ways that we build culture and community amongst ourselves looks very different from the way that we um, are taught to engage in building culture and community and connection 
um, in other groups in order to be a professional, right? Um, and something about that um, for me has always felt like it needed reconciling. Mm -hmm. um, that like there has been kind of this understanding that um, one way is right or one way is wrong. And um, I'm not one to believe in, you know, in extremes like that. I think there's a lot of nuance and a lot of things in life. And so this really, um, this idea of reconciling, like what does it actually mean to pick, a, pick apart this concept, mm -hmm. right? Professionalism and code switching um, right. in order to actually see the ways that I can show up fully, right? And still be respectful and still be able to um, connect with people in a way that allows the things that I do to be honored. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. You talked about how we social, we are socialized, right? I remember to your point, being younger and looking at the woman, it keeps coming to my mind, Mary J. Blige. I forgot what video this was. <laughs> <laughs> she always had a look. She always had a look. Okay, sis has been <laughs> serving for years. And this was the Mary J. Blige that had the jersey on and real love and was doing her thing. But at this point, I feel like it was the share my love video. Somebody comment, let me know what video this was. Mary had on a white suit. This was mm. a boss era. And she's walking up the stairs in a glass office building. You yeah. Can it was hers. And when I saw that image, I was like, that's it. That's the one, you know? Goals. <laughs> goals. And so I aspire to have that and, you know, be a business owner and be a respected person for my ability to organize and lead and do all this good stuff. But it's very, very unfortunate when you know at the door, you need to check your blackness mm. and get there, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So it was, it was interesting, very young, before we had all of this DNI, everybody is with DNI now as a result of the crazy horrific things that have happened to some of our brothers and sisters. And really, I think it was a culmination of that. And George Floyd was just like, you know, you saw everybody popping up with DNI groups. We understand, we want to see it. It took for something that disgusting to be um, but broadcasted, right? For this to stop popping. But this is 2020. Okay. We were working and and at least me, I don't know how old you are, Grace, but in 2000, I was 18 years old, about to go into business for myself. I had goals to be like part of titans of industry. I wanted to make shit happen. And when I realized that if you answer the phone and you sound black, you mm. may not get this interview. Mm. You know, thank God. And I would think this, thank God my name is Kimberly White and not Lakeisha McRae or, you know what I mean? Because- Boom, that's, that's an issue. So the checking your, your inherent culture, the, the beautiful ingredients that make you who you are, right? Our names carry vibrations in the world. Many yeah. of us have been named by our grandparents or our loved ones and it held weight and meaning to it. And to know that your name alone, your hairstyle, Right. Mm -hmm. I just got locks. Why? Because people weren't accepting them. 
back in the mm. day. I was still scared when I got them in 2020. So knowing that the smallest things from if I don't press my hair, slip my edges, say my name with some type of very, very proper English, I may not be able to survive. Mm. And Kimberly, and, that's the part right there. Survival, yeah. right? I may not be able to survive. I may not be able to reach my dreams. I may not be able to actually fulfill my purpose. I may not be able to feed my family. I may not be able to literally just walk down the street. There's so many things. There are so many things that are contingent on Mm -hmm. us being able to code switch. being able to show up in a specific way in specific environments for our survival yes there's a book um that I was reading by and y'all look this conversation is going to get lighter but we've got to talk about the real right this um code switching can come down to life or death and we've seen it plenty of times where black people have been walking to their homes and got arrested for walking into their homes because they were able to afford a home in a predominantly white neighborhood or something like that. And of course, when you're, yes, yes, officer, you know, there's a posturing that has to happen. So there's a book, it's called The Enneagram for Black Liberation by Chi-Chi Agorum. I'm not sure if you've ever read this book. I have not. Grace, you will love this you will love it. So um, it's the Enneagram for Black Liberation, return to who you are beneath the armor you carry. And so the Enneagram has been around for years, right? Personality system that talks about how we show up in the world, but we essentially show up a certain way because we're trying to protect ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We're trying to make sure we can get love. And so Sometimes we will show we will show up this way, not just in, you know, for white people or for other people, we will show up these ways in our family um, with our friend groups just to feel like we're protected and can get love. So this can go on a, you know, down to a a more granular level. But something that she said um, that related to what we were talking about with doing this for survival, she says, in a world that is often unsafe, especially for those who hold marginalized identities this practice of rediscovering home within ourselves reminds us that our bodies can be a resource for safety and love, no matter what the outside world throws at us. Yes. And so I feel like we're coming into this space now where people are starting to have these conversations and people are getting their locks and we are showing up, but there's still a lot of untangling, if you will, that needs to happen right there definitely there definitely is so much untangling that needs to happen and what I love about um what she just said is that this idea of making home in our bodies Uh safe for us right and so um I think one of the most life-changing experiences that I've had was really understanding the somatics of um, trauma, Mm -hmm. understanding how that shows up in my body and being able to pinpoint what's happening when I don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. So that I can 
create safety within my body intentionally, right? Mm -hmm. So locating, okay, my heart rate is going up. I actually feel these tingles up my neck, all of these things happening in my body, that's energy, right? Either energy that is like coming back from previous experiences of trauma, or it can be like new energy, but whatever it is, it's energy. And so how do I let my body know, like, it's okay, that either has happened or is happening. And you are safe when I am actually safe, right? Because there are some times when that's happening and you're not safe. But in the moments that I am actually like physically safe, how can I let my body know that we are good, our needs are provided for, and we will make it. Mm -hmm. And that's such an important um, concept. That's such an important thing in terms of us being able to to really feel comfortable in ourselves so that when we are showing up in all of these spaces, we are showing up with some degree, some baseline of, of protection already. Yes. yes. And we see it now, but we've seen it for years, right, Grace, where this idea of, of safety from the external We've seen how it's an illusion. We've seen how the market has crashed. We've seen how people have let got let go, gotten let go from work. How right. in the pandemic, the major groups that were hit were black and um, brown people, particularly women. But then you also saw this beautiful influx of innovative businesses that came from that. Right. There is something inside of us that will self-protect, right? That's why they started those businesses. That's why they were able to make it. But we have to reframe how we're looking at protection. Corporate America will never give it to us. No, nah, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Absolutely not. Corporate America will never, never, never give it to us. I now, mean... Um, I, I would take it as far as to say, like, I mean, there are so many systems, institutions, places of being that will never give it to us. It has to start um, within ourselves and also within our close communities of, mm. of care and love. That's where um, it starts in terms of creating that real safety, creating that, that real authentic magic, um, as I like to put it in terms of being able to connect and like see each other, right? Like that's how we actually create safety. That's how we actually create protection. Um, mm -hmm. These other things in terms of like code switching and um, showing up in, you know, business and work in specific ways, like they're, they're pseudo protections, they're false protections, right? Um, and, and that doesn't mean that they don't work sometimes, or a lot of the times they do, right? But the reality is, though, it's there because we don't have real protection, right? And real protection comes from our relationships, real protection comes from our relationships with each other and our relationship with ourselves. I love that. Tell me, how are you fostering this in your own life? These connections, these relationships that provide safety for you that, you know, transcends what we believe, like, you know, what we're trying to get from corporate and outside entities. How are, how are you getting that in your own life? Yeah. Uh, I think, 
you know, I love this question and I hope that the answer isn't underwhelming because it really is simple. <laughs> I, um, I, and I do believe in the simple. I, I do believe in um, intentionality being, it doesn't have to be complicated, right? You can be intentional and something be very, very, very simple. Um, and so for me, it really is being intentional about like how much time I spend connecting with people versus how much time I spend like thinking about other people's expectations, thinking about, um, you know, like how I'm showing up in a specific space, like what I'm going to look like, like, you know, like. I, in my day-to-day -day life, I have to, I prioritize connecting with other people because that makes me feel good. That feeds my soul, that feeds my energy, that feeds my life, right? And then when I don't have the energy for that, connecting with myself, again, being intentional about like, it's easy for you to say, I'm going to take some time and be by myself, but still be thinking about all the expectations of the world and still be thinking about all the ways that you need to show up and do X, Y, and Z in order to feel yeah. accepted. It's easy to do that. And so yeah. um, part of the practice for me is, is really saying like, we're not going to think about that. Actually, I'm just going to think about how much I love myself. Mm. I'm actually just going to sit here and, you know, do some mirror work right now and like look at myself and be like, you're cute. You're a person in this world. That's amazing. That is really amazing. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, doing and things. The Go ahead. Word, I wanted to say this. I, it's the practice. You yes. said this is a practice and that is the truest thing I've ever heard. This is something that will ebb and flow throughout our lives, right? But we yes. have to continue bringing ourselves back home. Like, yes. okay, let me get back on it. Let me get yes. back on it. We're talking about doctors practicing medicine. This is our own form of medicine that we're practicing. Mm. I am yes. with you, sis, even down to like meditating. Um, and please hold that thought because I do want you to finish what you were saying about things that bring you joy. Um, but even down to meditating, when I sit with myself, I've been meditating pretty consistently for the past couple of years. And what I've noticed um, is that I would run out of my body a little bit, like the thoughts, I'd be over here, I'd be over there. And so here recently, I found myself really being more comfortable just sitting in my body, not going with the thought. Even when the thoughts come, I'm sitting here, I'm like a tree and they come. But at a certain point in my meditation, I'm like, it's okay, come back. You know, come back. Yeah. You hear you? You hear? Yeah, I'm here. And I'll just sit with myself. And I think that that really helps. Not only, like you said, um, create that security, right? when we create that within ourselves, we're able to experience that security in other relationships because it's already in our bodies first. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that actually like brings me back to like, you know, doing things that bring me joy. It's 
doing things that bring me joy so that I can also like replicate that joy in relationships, right? Be able to access that for myself individually and then also like create that with other people, right? But it's like, you know, we we are again socialized to think that a lot of things that we need to do in order to exist have to be found outside of ourselves. And so like from an early age where you like start to like look for joy outside of ourselves, you know, we start to like look for peace outside of ourselves, like all of these things that really have to be cultivated and practiced internally in order for them to actually be replicated externally and vice versa, right? It feeds, it's a cycle. Like we were talking about earlier, it's a cycle. Oh, hundred percent. 100% man I I mean like talking about being in your body right I remember because I feel like with cold switching there have been some experiences that I've had where I was mentally thrown off but there are also times where I felt like a physical ugh, like mm. with the experience because everybody cold switches a little bit and mm. again it's okay when you saw there was a video, I watched a TED talk of two young girls in high school and they were talking about what code switching meant for them and how, you know, they would show up in school with their beautiful braids feeling like Beyonce and someone grabbed their hair and was like, your hair looks like shoestrings and she had to get it out immediately and just all of these unfortunate things. But they ended up doing a talk and talked about how if you put some separation between okay, what is this code switching and who am I, who I am, you can learn to culturally connect with people on a different level without suppressing or just, you know, disparaging, if you will, your own identity and culture yeah. and essential yeah. self. So um, we've seen Barack do it where he's shaking someone's hand. They had that on their video. And then he'll go to a black person right next to him. And it's like, bruh. Like, yeah. <laughs> That, yeah. vibe, that essence, this is our language. Yeah. Now to like, you know, when we discuss with people, I was telling a friend the other day, you're talking about going to, you know, Caribbean islands or where they speak Patois and all of these other places, they have their own diction, right? The Geechee. It's not looked at as unintelligent. It's looked at as that's their dialect. Right. But Ebonics. Mm. Was, ineptitude ebonics equals unintelligence ebonics equals all of these things and i'm like no this is how we connect right. so i think a we have to embrace that but i've seen i've seen back to the body part i, I went off on a tangent so <laughs> there was this there was a time where um i've been getting my nails done asian lady was doing my nails and i'm like oh my god i love your what you did i want to come back to you what's your name she was like, oh, my name's Judy. And I'm like, okay, Judy, you know, but I kind of side-eyed her. So the next yeah. time I came back, somebody else did my hands. And I don't know, maybe Judy wasn't there that day. And I was like, what's your name? Nancy. And it just like turned mm. me off because I'm like, no, you are Vietnamese or you are this, you know, whatever you are. I want to know your name. Give me yeah. an opportunity to stretch my muscles and accept your diversity and celebrate that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I see things like that that kind of give me pause. Like I understand when in Rome, right? Mm -hmm. But again, just like us, 
the level of accessibility will sometimes go down to your name. Yeah, right. Okay, that I think is just a huge stigma here in America that I hope we can untangle. And my last point that I wanted to make about feeling it in your body is I was at a yoga studio. I'll never forget this. The yoga place I was at was mostly white people there. I was like one of two black people in the building. So that was interesting. Um, and I spent a lot of time there. So after one of our gatherings, we were all talking, kicking it with them. And then a yoga instructor was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's on fleek, right? It's on fleek. Oof. This <laughs> Do you feel me? That is exactly what my inside did. That whole look and energy you just gave. My stomach was like, girl, I know she did not just, what? But that's yeah. the thing. She is trying, if I'm being a compassionate human, I'm understanding that she is trying to bridge a connection with me, right? But there is an internalized trauma that I have because I have to code switch for you. Right. You're doing this because you have to do, you're trying to connect. I'm doing this out of a sense of pain and, you know, almost desperation, right? To survive. Mm. So no, I don't need you to, to do X, Y, Z. Stay with the, stay with the Yes, children. yes, yes. Oh, such a okay. good point. Assimilation and appropriation, right? Mm. Right? Assimilation when you're when you were giving the example of the woman doing your nails. Yeah. All she knows is that in order to make it, in order to be remembered, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people probably won't remember her name because it's not easy enough. Her her actual name isn't easy enough in a lot of people's eyes or ears, right? And yeah. so for her to survive. She says, I have to take on a name that, whether it's a name that has been given to her as like a second name or mm -hmm. is a name that she chose for herself, mm -hmm. I have to take on a part of a new identity yeah. that um, fits, that works. It's right? the American way. The you American know, way. Americans, when we go out, when we go to other countries, we want other countries to fit our way too. We don't want to learn mm. the language. <laughs> right right and I mean, so I mean that and it all you know goes back to this idea of right like white supremacy you know that white is right and so it's it should be accepted it should be expected everywhere right the idea that like English should be expected everywhere is kind of ridiculous it is you think about like this really small place on this huge earth should be like the language that was developed there should be expected everywhere. You know, it's right. really kind of ridiculous. And yet that, that is the expectation. Mm -hmm. um, but tying it back to, yeah, this idea of assimilation and appropriation, it, it hurts more. It really does hurt more when we experience appropriation because we know the difference. We know. Mm -hmm. We know that you're doing something that you can choose to do mm. and then decide not to do later mm. and still be good. Mm. Mm. And for, for us, that's not the case. Yeah. For us, that's not the case. Um, 
very when we're changing our hair when we're changing the way we talk when we're changing all these aspects of our identity and our expression all these things it's not it's not because this is what actually brings us joy. Not to say that sometimes, you know, doing our hair doesn't bring us joy. Don't right. get me wrong, right? Yeah. But it's like, originally, this was not because it brought us joy. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah. We're doing it because we have to survive. survive. Right. And now we found ways to, to make this an acceptable and joyous experience. But don't get us wrong. <laughs> don't okay. Get- don't get us wrong because we can't afford to show up in a messy bun mm. you know, with no makeup and expect to be celebrated at work that day. You know what I mean? We've got to have it all together. We've got to be polished. We've got to be ironed. And it, yeah, there was a, there was a true sense of resentment in that moment. I honestly don't think that I went back to that yoga studio afterwards also because of just some of the other things I felt. But at the end of the day, you said it, you said that she has a choice right? To, you know, put this on. She can choose to put on the hair and take it off, right? We see people take putting in braids in their hair all the time that are not black. Um, mm-hmm. She can choose to use our vernacular and put it down if she wants to. But I am, and I understand in certain settings, right? It is going to be beneficial. That's why the name of the co- the podcast today is called conscious code switching because there is a way that we can engage in this from a level of um, centeredness from a space of objectivity um, and with 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 some tools so that we can utilize it when we need to but it doesn't interfere with who we are as a person and it's not warping our sense of identity either um Right. So my question to you is, as we kind of wind down, um, what are some of the ways that you think we can exercise our choice to participate in code switching or not? Yeah, for sure. Um, I really think that, you know, before we like get to the place of, you know, deciding where we do and don't or how we engage in code switching, um, that like it first does start with us understanding, getting intimate with our souls, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then getting intimate with our bodies, right? And then going into that place of curiosity, and, and then from there, going into that place of like self-advocacy. But before that, um, before we get to that place of self-advocacy, I think that once you do those, you know, first steps of getting intimate with your, with your mind, your soul, your body, you come to understand like what it is that you are trying to connect with, right? What's, what, who are you trying to connect with and what it is it's, what's the purpose of the connection and ultimately for all of us at the end of the day when we're talking to another human being we just want to feel like we're talking to another human being and we want to be able to to reach that connection and so we have to primarily get 
to a place of understanding our own selves in order to truly be able to think about and talk about what those connection pieces are for us. And so I think when it comes to consciously code switching, um, getting to a place of engaging from a place of one, like humility and two, the kind of this idea of um, empathy with accountability, right? Um, so the humility piece coming into spaces saying, um, and this is whether you're, you are code switching to assimilate or folks are code switching as appropriators, which is, you know, um, and let me, yeah, yeah, but let me say this too, before you continue code switching, if you look up the definition of it, it says that you're basically switching two languages. You're speaking mm -hmm. different languages. So they liken it to someone speaking English and then speaking Spanish and yeah. you're just going back and forth between two languages. So I wanted to frame that for people, albeit late within a podcast. I still think yeah. it's worth mentioning because it is, it's a way of relating, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, the terminology around language makes it very, very crisp. Um, and so with that, like, and I think that's a really good way to think about it, because if you think about if you like learn different languages, you have to get really familiar with um, not just what is like being said or done, but actually the concept that you're trying to relay. Right. And so that's kind of the idea when I'm when I say that, like you have to get intimate with your own understanding of yourself in terms of how you want to connect. It's like um the way that you express yourself, the way that you express any idea is very heavily rooted in like your own understanding of like what the purpose is and your own understanding of yourself. And so um, I do think that in terms of code, conscious code switching, the, the main thing that like we all have to continuously practice is showing up in spaces with that knowledge, practicing on our own or getting comfortable on our own and clear on our own about um, what we want, who we want to show up as, what core parts of ourselves are engaging with other people at specific points in time, right? Yeah. And so um, if I'm showing up to a conversation with you, I'm like, okay, I know this is my black sister and we have similar orientations to how we engage with the world and engage with the universe. And so these are core things that I can allow to shine in the conversations that I have and allow that to foster really great connection for us, right? Um, and if I show up at work in a space that's multicultural, Right. I know that there's a lot of different identities that are being held there. So I'm going to start from a place of I know that all of us at the very baseline, we are human beings trying to figure something out. Mm -hmm. Right. And allow that to be the place of humility that I'm coming in from and let that be the centering and the core of how I show up in that conversation and not try to to try to like manage all of the pieces of um, everyone else's like cultures in a way that is 
inappropriate, right? Being able to show up authentically to the fact that we are human beings trying to figure out this problem. Um, and so I love that. That's yeah, kind of my yeah. orientation. I don't think any of this is easy, you know. There's so much unlearning and learning that we have to do. Yes. Right? But I used to always say, um, you know, intersectionality, it's very, it's very spiritual you know it's practical it's spiritual if you look at the cross you see you know top to bottom that's god to earth left to right that's one another right your brothers and your sisters mm -hmm. and then center right that's you that's your heart and so that's where all of this comes from it all starts with center right and yeah. that is going to determine how we feel that god sees us how we feel supported by mother earth and how we take care of mother earth right because that's literally our lungs and this is where we mm -hmm. have our and how we relate to other people it all stems from here so i love you saying that that we're all we're all human at the end of the day we all are here because we're empowered by a heart that beats yes <laughs> red blood just yes. like everyone else and we're all trying to figure this thing out right top to bottom left to right um so I love, I love that you started from that space. Um, I also like in the vein of like creating space between your armor and how you may show up um, and your identity, you, you went back, I'm thinking about your blog, you said you went back and instead of looking at quote unquote professionalism, because you see a lot of it as like a culture of white supremacists, basically white supremacist culture um, that people are engaging in, right? When they're talking about this quote unquote professionalism that we've been trying to get to, you taking it back to that level of trying to figure this out. And one of the examples were in timeliness where you stated, I'm gonna read what you said verbatim because I loved it. You said, um, I'm perfectly imperfect when it comes to my own consistent punctuality, but I think being as close to on time as possible out of love and appreciation for others is an act that still serves me because it honors the sacredness of gathering. Yeah. That's, so, I like, I could just pause and, and sit with that. Yeah. Now it's making this, the way that I engage, whether it's with you, grace, whether it's with my mom, my sisters, or whether it's at work, it's honoring gathering. It's honoring my presence and the intentionality that I put behind the places that I take up space in and that I allow for others to take up space in. I, I just thought the way that you put that <laughs> into words, which is why you definitely need a podcast. Um, or write a book or both. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very, I was like, yo, this is, this is good, right? So once we go back um, and start listening to ourselves and questioning ourselves, right? Why am I showing up this way? And I'm not gonna knock my armor, right? I'm not gonna knock, okay, I've, I'm showing up in this way. Maybe, yeah, I did code switch. I do it all the time. I'm not going to lie. I love culture. So I, I hate almost using the word code switching because it has such a negative connotation. Even if you put conscious in front of it, it's still kind of like, ew. Right. Um, and I would love to find another word where I can honor like adapting. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe that's mm -hmm. the word. Yeah. Consciously adapting to different 
people with different cultural inheritances or backgrounds um, and enhancing our engagements in that way versus code switching because I don't even like that word, but I uh, I love that we, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, so yeah, so us going back to ourselves and really questioning why we show up the way that we show up, what is it that we're trying to relay um, on a human level, realizing that we're all trying to figure this out. I think once we start to create space, right, the meditation, the taking out time to reflect, clearing your mind, will give us those answers that we need on an individual level to be able to engage collectively um, in a much yes. more wholesome and empowered way, right? Yes. Um, there's one quote, and I'm going to, after I do this, I guess I'm going to leave it to you to, to leave our viewers with um, a little more information on where they can find you. But somebody put this in a post this morning and I was like, yo, this is so perfect. It says, confidence is not, they'll like me. Confidence is, I'll be fine if they don't. Mm. A word. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Self-validation. Self-acceptance, self-love. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. One of my favorite things to do um, mm -hmm. is whenever I am feeling like anxiousness or, you know, like just negative energy around um, something upcoming where I'm not feeling as confident. Mm -hmm. I like to like fast forward in time to like after like say it's a, a thing that or like an event that I'm going to or you know engaging um mm -hmm. or like a person that I mean whatever I like to fast forward in time and just visualize and think of myself um as happy regardless of whether like that thing went great or it didn't you know like it doesn't matter ultimately <laughs> I know I can see myself in the future being incredibly happy and so that is real confidence and is real validation you know that no matter what we're gonna be good I'm good I literally am good like I am made of good so you know whether they whether they see it whether they don't it actually is inconsequential because the universe says I'm solid <laughs> And the mic drops. The mic, <laughs> hey, sis, yes. That's that's called hashtag been worthy. Okay, been worthy. Mm, yes. So, oh my God, Grace, I'm so glad we did this. I am so glad we did this too. This has been such an amazing conversation. Ugh. I mean, we could probably talk again forever about all of this. There's so many things to unpack, especially when it comes to um, our relationship to work and our relationship to identity um, in work and also outside of that, right? Because we we tend to switch languages. We tend to code switch in a lot of places. And so, oh yeah, so much unpacking and so much healing and also care and love that we should be engaging in yes. um, as we think about these things. Yes. And for y'all who have not read this book, including you, Grace, The Enneagram for Black Liberation, Return to 
Who You Are Beneath the Armor You Carry by Chi-Chi Agorum is a fantastic book. And this is going into how we show up with everyone, whether it's our own communities, our families, friends, and other nationalities. Grace, tell the viewers and the listeners, where can we find you? And is there anything exciting that you're working on that we can get behind and support? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Folks can find Liberate Forward. That's um, the organization that I am um, a structure and control and cultural consultant for um, at www.liberateforward.org. Um, and then you can also find my work on LinkedIn at Liberate Forward. And so that's L I B E R A T Forward F O R W A R D. Um, and then in terms of work, I think right now I'm in a season of um, truly realigning my relationship between work and um, self-care and love and redefining what it means to, to engage in our economy, engage in existing as a woman of color, a black woman, <laughs> All of those things, all the things. Um, and um, intentionally rest yes, and then intentionally show up to spaces that excite me, that bring me joy. Um, and so I think right now that's where I'm investing my time. Um, if there are any, you know, upcoming projects that folks, you know, um, would be interested in and getting involved in, you'll definitely see it come out on my website or um, on our LinkedIn page. But right now I am being intentional about loving on me, giving me space and time um, in order to, to rediscover parts of myself that I know um, have not had the space to blossom and, and shine the way that they probably could have. I, I honestly believe that, you know, we are all on our journeys and everything that we go through is also part of our journey. Um, and so there's not like a right or wrong way for us to have existed in this world, right? Um, but I am very curious in this season about, you know, these parts of me, the parts of my inner child that um, have not been able to show up in in the past, like I would have loved for her to. And so I'm prioritizing that in my life. Mm. That's sweet. That's sweet. Powerful, powerful stuff, sis. Yes. Kudos to you for giving your inner child that space to come out. A lot of us are doing that work and we are excited to continue following you. Um, again, it is www.liberateforward.org. You can go there and check out all the beautiful work that she is doing in the community. Check out the blog. It's actually on the website. She has some very thought-provoking entries on there that I think y'all would enjoy. Follow your good sis on LinkedIn. And Grace, we wish you all the best as you explore these, these things that your inner child is curious of. Hopefully we can get you back on, a on the podcast and you tell us more about your adventures and some of your other learnings. I would love that. I would really love that, yes. Yay. All right, y'all. So again, thank you so much, listeners. Please comment. 
send me your thoughts on this episode of course you can follow me at i am kim white on instagram yes walking in heels the podcast and walking in heels on youtube so again that's walking in heels h-e-a-l-s as in having emotional authenticity and love for self till next time y'all bye great i loved it